that seven times already. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Uh, so, Ryan, welcome to the barbecue. Now, uh, we have a few things to get rolling with this. So, yeah. we have a word of the day. Okay. And your challenge is to try and weave that into the conversation at some point today. Okay. What's right. this word, man? And I got to know what this word is. <laughs> Give me like something wild where I'm like, I don't even know what the shit that is, but I'll weave it in there. Well, I think, I think you'll be able to weave this one in. Aficionado. Aficionado. All right. Okay. So uh, a very knowledgeable person or um, enthusiastic, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. All right. Cool. And the other thing. It's going to be a toughie. In your, in your time commentating, what would be one of the most memorable moments? Now, there's probably going to be like a whole string of things that you can't really pick apart because of different contexts, but I'm sure you get asked this question before and what, what pops up? Yeah. Um, so there's takeaways and there's moments. There's like moments where you learn things and you're like, it's like a, almost a eureka moment that pops off in your head and you're like, oh shit. And then there's other things that are like, um, there's moments that are single event showdowns that, mm-hmm. that hit you and you're never going to forget, right? So those, I've, I've felt both. I've felt a few in my day. Um, I remember when I first started, it was Texas 2016. And when I showed up, I mean, this was the first year I was commentating and people didn't, know who i mean it's so wild to look back but people at the time they don't like when it's your first year obviously nobody sees you as that guy who's at the world championship so i'm you know i'm asking people in some of the sessions do you want to do co-commentary with me uh because sometimes you we have two professionals doing the, the commentary they're split up on two different platforms and they want you to grab a lifter that mm-hmm. some people might know to sit with you. You lead, and in commentary, you have the color commentary and you have the lead. Now, the lead says all the play-by-play, does all the, the you know, house cleaning in terms of, say, the sponsors, mm-hmm. say the lifter's name, say the weight on the bar, say everything that – and you have to maintain the flow on a professional rate. And we have, like, things you have to get done. C- color commentary, just like most sports, usually a former athlete – from if it's basketball, baseball, boxing, he, that's the former athlete. They don't have to do any of that shit. They're just the guy who, guy or girl who does like, you know, you're vibing off. What do you think about that? What would you have done right there? And they, hey, yeah, okay. Right. So um, in the lead, you are not supposed to bring in, even if you're a, a lifter or like in any of those other sports as well, you don't bring in your previous past. You don't bring it back to yourself. Yeah. That's, that's, there are rules to it. That's okay? golden so, rule. Golden rules. We know this stuff as the lead. Um, but the color commentator, they're supposed to. Like, that's actually almost why you're there. Not every time because the listener will get annoyed and be like, it's not about you. You want it to be what you're watching. But you are there because of, it's a little different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's looser. Put it this mm-hmm. way. It's looser. So I remember 2016 going around asking people to jump in with me. A, some people like didn't know who I was and like, what the, what are you talking about? They don't know who, who you are, what you're asking. They're nervous. They don't understand what, like, they're like, fuck, man, I don't want to do that. That sounds like, 
you know, on the spot. It's scary, scary on the spot. And um, they don't know who you are. They're not comfortable with you necessarily because they don't know who you are, et cetera. Jump into like now. And <laughs> when you approach them, every, they, they know who you are ahead of time. And um, they're like, yeah, man, fuck yeah, let's go. They're comfortable with you because they hear you either. They've heard you on the IPF World Championships. Yeah. Year, sure. Hear you on the podcast. And um, so those are, they're like little moments like when you, like I'll never forget asking people in 2016 and some of the reactions not like negative just like you could tell they're like Fuck, man, this super is- shocked well I, I remember um i remember killeen because it was like an industrial estate on a motorway yes it was a military it, it actually it was a military town I okay believe. okay yeah a very big military town in the u.s yeah because uh so sabrina and i went over to that one when sabrina was competing and the the location we were like, well, this this is powerlifting. It could it could not be further away from any easy locations, airports. Like, oh, yeah, they always like to go in the middle of nowhere. But you're right there with how different now. Like, I think anybody now who has watched like any powerlifting, they'll they'll know who you are. And but I would not like to be one of those people who's like, hey, you wanna you wanna come and sit down? Well, it's 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 um so it's weird. To think like when you first start out, you you don't ever picture what will things be like in five years. You don't. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just like at the time. You're like, wow, this is wild. So some of the moments in the first year would have been um, like when uh, Bill Kazmar on day two sat in with me and started doing co-commentary wow. with me, and I'm like. Like as a kid, I would, I remember him being the world's strongest man. He won it like three times. He was a professional wrestler on TV. Like he was like, you know, he was like a guy on TV winning world's strongest man. He was like in WW, like whatever yeah. professional wrestling at the time. I think it was WCW, which is no longer now, but at one point was massive. It was bigger than WWE. And um, like, he was just like, as a kid, I grew up in the eighties. Right. So as a kid, he was fucking like, he was the huge. idol dog. He was huge. He was like, like if you, when, when you're a little boy and you're into pro big, strong pro wrestlers <laughs> and you're into like world's strongest man and world's strongest man in the eighties was massive. It was on TV and shit. Like it was massive. Right. So you're like, he's like one of those dudes. He was like a larger than life, literally figure. And, um, when day two, they're like, you know, but, uh, we got, we got somebody who's going to sit in as co-commentary with you. I'm like, all right, who, who is it? And they're like, Bill Kazmar. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Um, Hold the phone. <laughs> oh, wow. Love it trying to be cool here. And um, day two of that world championship was day two of me, period, commentating ever. I was never a commentator. Like, I talked my way into this, man. <laughs> I, I, did, I mean, you, you've done some TV work, but how Dog, did you end up? This is, so I've said this story on the podcast. I'll say it again, though, because not everybody here like has heard the no. story, right? Yeah, you got to hear like certain episodes to hear it. So I, um, yeah, I mean, this isn't going to happen again because uh, since then things have changed, right? Mm-hmm. They've tightened up. But you know, you know the saying, like it's timing is everything. Like you come in at certain times, you just got to- Time and talent effort. Dog? Like, you, you, like, okay. you might have had the timing, but you got the voice. You, well, thank you very much. And um. Yeah, right. Like, not anybody, like, it's right. And not only that, so 
I came in when they needed a push on social media. And um, when I say they, I mean, the IPF was looking for a little bit of a push. And mm-hmm. I recognized that they, they could use a push. And um, I'd gone to school for marketing. And um, I was starting up King of Lifts and whatnot. Like I had a bunch of ideas. King of Lifts was just, I started King of Lifts when I started with the IPF. It was all grassroots. Some of my ideas were like, like it's easy now to come up with some ideas. It's, it's harder to be first, to try to get in there and be like, this is what I have vision. Yeah, yeah. It's a different <laughs> world, right? It's different to be first. So I'm like, here's some of the visions I have, man. If we could like start, I'm a massive Joe Rogan fan. I love this platform for like mm-hmm. um, podcasting. And I loved how some of the things, how we parlayed being a commentator and um, you see him on the broadcast, you hear his voice, then he does the podcast and what you could do with certain platforms and like, um, you know, uh, just like he was first in terms of the, like the bigger sense, but just oh. being like, how can we Yeah, massive, man? I'm a huge fan too. And um, I'm like, how could all this happen? And previous to that, I had, I, and even just the IPF, like, let alone, that's just like, like King of the Lifts, but, mm-hmm. um, and some personal goals on my own front, but on the IPF, I seen that, like, you know, there was, <clears throat> they weren't posting very often on Instagram, they weren't posting very often on Twitter, they weren't posting very often, like, highlighting some of the stars at, the, at that point, I checked, mm-hmm. and there was, like, three weeks without a post, and then four weeks before that, the post before that one. And then, so we're talking like once a month, that's mm-hmm. never going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had approached with some ideas, like, look at, here's some ideas. I went straight to Gaston because I didn't even know who to go to. Uh, you know, you just, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to shoot my shot. Right? <laughs> straight into the top. <laughs> I'm going, thing is, I wasn't trying to jump the chain of command. I literally didn't know, you know, you don't know cause you're not in it. Yeah. So I just went straight to Gaston and, um, and he's like, and I told him, look, this is what I'm seeing. And this is what some of my Ds are. And this is my background. So my background at the time, I'd done like television. And so I'd done, first off, like uh, marketing background, mar- mm-hmm. like went to university for it. So I knew terms of that as well as actual television. Uh, but it was on, like on a reality TV show and done like a bunch. Like Cannes Got Talent, America's Got Talent, Guinness World Record show and done a bunch of stuff like that as well. So I'd done a lot of media at that point, was writing for like a boxing magazine, fitness magazine. So I'd done like diff- a variety of different shit. I yeah. lived, lived a weird, like I lived a <laughs> life, man. So by the time I got to him, like, here's what I'm thinking. And then, and then he shot an email introducing me to the IPF media team. And he was like, this is Ryan Lapidat, and um, he's going to be joining the team. And I was like, holy shit, my man, he just totally... He was like, here it is. Here's our guy now. Here's, you know, okay. getting in. So the door opens. And then um, as it's happening, so I just hopped on there and I'm putting, implementing a bunch of my ideas and we're blowing up the Instagram. And, um, and I'm doing a bunch of social media at the time. This is 2016. And the World Championships rolls around in June. So that's early 2016. By the yeah. time the World Championships rolls around, I had jumped, I'd kickstarted that, the Instagram like a motherfucker. I was every day. Every day I was grinding. And they would gain in like a month. Like, man, our follower was going through the roof. They're like, dude, this kid is killing it. Um, so by the time it's, uh, the World Championships rolls around, they're like, look it, we're, we're looking for some, you know, some commentators. And mm-hmm. um, he, who wants to be in on this? And I just was like, you know, it, it's all about 
being at the right place at the right time. But like you said, you have to, A, if someone says we're going to give you a shot, you better fucking be good. You better like kill right. it. Right. Yeah. A, or else, or else, because other people have done this and it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. You can do okay. Yeah. But you can, it's not, it might not be the impact where they're like, we got to have this guy back. And another one is, um, if they, if you raise your hand, they're like, well, why you? And it's not like, you know, how many people raise their hand. So all the other shit that I'd done previously to show, like, I'm ready. I've had yeah. for real TV producers coaching me, real media training. Like, you know, cause we would, when you're on a re- like a TV show, yeah. um, you get coached on how to do interviews on how to do like everything. Like you get, we would do junkets where I sit in a room and press would come in and go, come in and go for like eight hours a day, national media press coming in or go to the top of the building. Cause they want the scenery better. And you're in front of the camera and you're doing like 45 minute interview. Like that was happening at one point in my life. So you're ready. That, so that sounds like so draining. <laughs> no, cause, cause you're yourself, but you're not. It's, yeah, which is true. like I, I often think this with, with with actors, and I think like if you spend the majority of your week pretending to be someone else, no wonder they're all fucking nuts. It's uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing with with what this is. What was more applicable for me for the commentating and whatnot was mm-hmm. um, it, the show I was on was a reality TV show, but it was it was sort of was sort of wasn't. And this is like a bit of a peek behind the curtain, but. Um, so I was six pack lapping at on the reality TV show. And even though there was like four of us and we were like competing in competitions, sometimes the competitions were rigged. And even though there wasn't a script, so to speak, sometimes they would tell me what they wanted me to say, not word for word. They got a narrative, haven't they? Right. They would be like, you're going to lose this one or, um, and when you lose, I want you to complain about losing, even though, <laughs> even though you like, you know, accuse them of cheating or whatever, but it's all, it was, it was like a funny, you know, it, it's so you get used to that. And, and they also would be like, look at your, if you're nervous, you gotta just like you were you, but just play it up a little. We know you're not an actor, but you can also <laughs> let us see it or hear it. Don't like, you know, in your real life, you're going to internalize a little bit but you have to just give yeah. us a extra. Be you plus 10, 15%. That, so that, that must, that must really help when it comes to commentating because well, dog. the great yeah. thing is, is well, like I mentioned at the beginning, right? When you're commentating is how exuberant you are and how excited you are. And that's probably turned up a little bit because you sat in the commentary booth, but if you weren't, you'd still, I feel like you'd still be that guy, but maybe just down a couple of notches. 100, 100%. You can't like, if you're watching something, actually like, yeah, all right. For for sure, I'm an ex, I'm a bit of an excitable dude, and um, you know I'm not a monotone type, whatever. Do for sure. But however, having said that, yeah, like when you sit in a booth, and you also don't want to oversell as well because it becomes over the top. Mm-hmm. A A it'll get annoying if every lift if every lift is special. You pretend like every lift is special. Then when the special lifts comes, you give yourself no room to go. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying, like. You- um, that's yeah, you, you, you're gonna hit you don't want to hit that ceiling of excitement too soon because like yeah, where, where are you gonna go from there like your audience is gonna be like wow everything from here is worse and not only that they, then you also start losing like if the guy who's placed who's in the ranking of eighth mm-hmm. and he's hitting a lift and you're acting like oh like you know you're overselling 
they're like, you're just selling everybody. And, and here's another thing. Not everybody, you want to be nice, but not everybody can have a fucking good day. Or not everybody, you can't, like some people will come in and they want to, like, you need some drama. So there is, oh, his back is against the wall. He misses first two lifts. He's facing elimination right now. Right, if he doesn't right. hit this lift, he's going back. He flew across the world for no reason. His friends, his families, you know, he's feeling the pressure. You know, this is crunch time. Here it is. It's all going to come down to this last lift. And you leave it like that. And then, right? And some people, and, and so I piled on drama and I just made it worse. I know that though, dog. <laughs> some people want to be nice and be like, I've had people in the booth and like, yeah, but I'm sure he's going to hit it. I'm sure. And I'm like, hey, would you shut the fuck up? I just, I just <laughs> built this. I'm building the drama, not trying to take, I get it. But this is, I know you try to be nice, but this is what we're trying to do right now. Hey, I feel like we've got the first item for the barbecue here. Oversellers. Over, somebody's being overselling it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go, babe. <laughs> well, it's almost like, um. What you're saying when you're commentating isn't necessarily what you would say in real life in that if I was with that lifter or whatever, yeah, I'd be positive and be like, you got this, whatever. But if I'm watching, if, the com if I'm in the commentary booth, I'm trying to create a storyline where there's some drama and you give a shit. So mm. you have to think, she is facing elimination. She just flew across the world. All the hope and pride of New Zealand is watching and she's about to go home empty-handed. I need to say that. So you give a shit when you're watching. I'm not trying to be a nice guy and say, I'm sure she's going to get this. She's, you know what? Like after she, if she misses, I, I will say like, you know what? She, she can come back if all is not lost, but you got to be disappointed. But you got to yeah. think that's going to be a tough conversation. You have to say things like that. It's not being that mean. Point. It's not being mean. It's just victory. There's triumph and defeat. There's, that's why we watch. You can't. Yeah, you know? yeah. You wouldn't do it if there wasn't. But so. man. Yeah. So um, there's things like that where you learn that in, in terms of when I was going through the media training, they said like, you can't try to be the nice guy. <laughs> this is what I was doing. Cause in my day to day, I want to be Mr. Positive with everybody. But w when we were doing like the TV show and everything, they were like, you're don't, um, don't try to be the nice guy all the time. You have to give both. So there's some drama for the viewer uh, when they're watching. So when I came into the commentary, one of the big separations was realizing this is a show. This is still a show. This is a yeah. TV show. So you have to make it like that, where it's like, you're watching, you're like, holy fuck the drama. I seen people fall on their sword. I seen people rise to the occasion. If, if people don't fall on their sword, when the individual rises to the occasion, it doesn't mean as much, does it? If everyone mm -hmm. always wins, mm -hmm. if everything was always great. Well then, no, you need to watch people swing, miss, and fall on their face that, so that when the guy or girl swings and hits it out the park, it means more. So you have to do both storylines. And as today, like we, we only learn in those times of hardship. Like whenever you learn something that's big, new, you have to have had some trial before it. Like, yeah. yeah you, so they the need same, it as well. In the same session, you can have both storylines. It's all good. You, it's, it's, it's okay. And, and I don't, you don't hang someone out the dry, so to speak, but that, that was one of my, honestly, we talk about pet peeves. That was mm -hmm. one of my pet peeves would be if you were in, if you were a color commentary with me, if I'm building a narrative, mm -hmm. um, like it's not your job to build a narrative. That's fine. I'll do it. Like, this is the shit that I do. This is, yeah. this is what I do, but don't take away a narrative I'm building. 
because this is what I this is what I do like on King of Lifts as well in social media. Everyone mm-hmm. knows I build storylines, showdowns. Oh, you love drama. I don't necessarily just love drama to cause drama, but I know how to build narratives. And um, if I'm building one live on the air, don't don't try to be. Yeah, but I'm sure she's gonna. Yeah, but I'm. But I, you know, it's like just relax, me. Let it let it marinate with the public. Let let the people Say. be like, fuck, I'm scared. Oh shit, is he is he or is she? And then, you know, you got, just let it fucking <laughs> marinate, man. When they leave the platform after the second attempt and missed it again. Oh, oh shit. Just let it, let it be. <laughs> let it be and don't give a conclusion until they come back. Don't say, oh, I, I'm sure they're going to get it next time. Just a small, no, 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 no. Just let it be like, oh, we all know what that means, don't we? We all know their back is to the wall. Let's see what happens. Just fucking leave it. Just leave it at that. <laughs> Leave it at that. So when they come back out, people are like, oh, shit, that's the lifter facing elimination. Don't do your knee-jerk reaction. Oh, but you know what? I'm sure they're going to get it next time. It'll be okay. It's like, nah, 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 nah. Pay attention. I'm, I'm, I'm leading us down this path, dog. Walk down the path with me. <laughs> you've, got, you've, got, you've got little persuasion to, to try and get me to, to burn that item because, yeah, listening, right? And the, the more I listen to the commentary at the big competitions, they're like, it makes it so much better. And watching it on, if you have to watch it in silence, it's okay. You still get the kind of gist of what's happening if you know what's, but what I think is really good about the commentary is it draws in the people who don't give a shit currently yeah. about strength sports. And by creating that like story, that drama, that's what brings in the people who don't power lift or who don't strength training. And then they, they get it more. So yeah, you can, you can put that one on a bit of paper you can like free throw it. Like it's going on. It's well, we'll put it this way. I can make you give a shit about the guy who's coming in eighth. If, but I just need, I just need to watch, pay attention and build the storyline. So that guy who's about to bomb or that girl, she's in eighth place. When he or she comes out for the third squat and I just built, like I just built. And now mm. everyone's watching on the stream like, holy fuck, are they going to... Beca- Why do you care? They're coming eighth because they're facing elimination. Yeah. They flew across the world, the whole team, the whole, their home country, their home city, their family at home, and they're about to bomb out. And they're, now you're actually giving a shit. And then if they hit it, all of a sudden, they, that's a W. That's a win. And you would ordinarily wouldn't give a shit. And that's just one. That's a person who could be in the mix or not in the mix in the rankings. But I'm building on something here. Let when see when you see those people who've missed their first two squats and it doesn't matter, yeah, like you say, if, it doesn't matter if they're going to podium or not. When you see somebody hit that third squat to stay in the competition, it doesn't matter who they are. They get, that really builds some excitement. So you've got to crank that. Yeah, I remember uh, Anna from, um, I think she was 57 kilo or 42 kilo from, or sorry, 52 kilo or, or 57 kilo from Brazil. She was um, in Calgary World Championships, failed her first two squats, and I swear to God, it was strength, man. And she straight up, this thing was cutting through her like butter, and, and she was going to bomb. And I was, like, in as a sweetheart, if you see her, like, she, she's so positive and nice to people mm-hmm. on social media in person, and um, it's tough to see someone – this was in Calgary, man. She came up from Brazil – that's not a short flight, my friend. That's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like this is, you know, and it was squats, meaning she didn't get a single lift in yet and was facing elimination. And you still have to build. You, you still have to not be Mr. Positive. You have to be like, that's, that's tough. That's, you have to lay it on. And, and 
it is what it is. And then, but you're, you're, you have, what you have to understand is I am building you for either a fucking heroic moment or you're going to swing and miss and, and it's okay. That's sport. And you just got to fucking, you got to take it. And I'm calling it the way it is. I'm just not, it is what it is. It's on you. I built it. She came yeah. out for her third and she wasn't going to like take medals or whatnot, but she fucking her scrap on her third squat. My friend, if you made me, if you gave me a million dollars, I'm like, bet she hits it or misses, misses all day. She missed her first two on strength. And now she's gassed herself. When she hit that third, Bye. it was like such a Titanic fight and, she, for, and grinded it out and got it. And before, when she went up to the bar on the third, the tension was like, she was like, like grabbing the bar and yelling at her. Like, Come on. She knew like, <laughs> this is everything. This is everything. This is the end right now. Oh, I, I love watching those fights. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. And then afterwards, it was like, oh, she gets it. Like, then the excitement's real. Then mm -hmm. I could be like, I could give that plus 10, 15%. Be like, oh, she gets it. Her foot is in the door. She got her <laughs> invitation to the party. RSVP'd. And she's rocking it. Like, you could start being like, oh, it happened. It happened. Like, a miracle happened today. And you could be, you could sell it. And then if you don't do shit like that, we're just walking. We're just watching people weightlift. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, that, you know, that's a lot ahead. of the other commentary that does happen at like Euros. So when we have our when I have when we have our Euros, it's quite often like some of the other IPF older older dudes will jump on, and then it is so monotone, and you are like, man, it, this is super exciting. Just jazz it up a little bit for me. Come on, give me some of it. <laughs> or or um just trying too hard to jazz it up so you can't sell everything again you can't sell everything or else it's just i don't believe anything you're saying i don't care you're just uh it's not genuine it's not every 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 lift is not a titanic battle every lift <laughs> is not a massive win and you know but um but yeah. yeah so i mean that's that's uh once i hit when i hit the 2016 world championships I knew some of this stuff ahead of time, even though I'd never commentated before. I knew some of that stuff that would help separate. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. look, when I'm, when I'm done, I think people, I think they'll be like, hey, man, you really worked out. So I was confident. So some of the moments from that, Bill Kazmar running around trying to get people to co-commentary with me and recognizing a lot of people were like too afraid and also didn't know who the fuck I was and what was going on. King of Lifts, when I first started, I just was reposting i wasn't the face of king of lifts like nobody knew who was running it it was just like i'm just reposting lifts trying to get people some coverage or whatever in yeah. building and then um so all 2016 was so different if you could it was so different in running around doing stuff like that and having people in the booth and some people were like killing storylines i was trying to build <laughs> just by being nice which is fine they don't get it and then um you know just things like that or like or like stepping on toes where I have to say the next lifter, the next name, the next whatever, and it's con continuity. I'll do mm -hmm. it because I'm the lead and we don't talk over each other. We each have a role where they would come in the booth and they would start doing it because they recognize I was doing it. And it's like, well, man, we don't, we're not batting it back and forth like a volleyball. I, I got to be the lead. You can't all of a sudden halfway through start becoming the lead, but <laughs> because it doesn't, or we go back and forth. I do one lifter, you do the other. Like, though, no, there's a clear established, uh, it doesn't sound like you think the two it does. parties, right? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, well, I get that because uh, last year uh, at Worlds, uh, Sabrina came and did 
commentated one of the sessions with you. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. And she said, like, it's probably the most nerve-wracking thing she's ever done. And she said, <laughs> when you're watching it in the audience, you have all these wonderful ideas, and then you sit with the headphones on, you go, oh, my God, I don't know what to say. It's so cute. Well, Brita is such a, like, she's so nice. And um, I could, you could tell if someone's like, I, look, I get it. I was scared. When I'm scared, sometimes you can't tell I'm scared because I just, like, uh, you know what they say. Rise to the occasion. Or, well, it's more like, um, it doesn't matter how you feel. You're going to do what you do. And people don't know how you feel, but you still feel it. And people might be like, you're fearless. Yeah, I like you that. get out yeah. there. You get out there. You're fearless, bro. And it's like, nah, dog, I'm scared. I just, you just don't know. You just don't yeah. know it because I'm fucking, I don't know if I'm, fa- I don't know if I'd say I'm faking it or I'm just, um, it, here's a quote. Mike Tyson was a kid and he would be hopping in the ring. He was, when he was 13, he was 200 pounds jacked. So when they bring him into amateur fights, there was nobody who's 13 years old who would be signing up to fight him. So he would have to fight guys who were like 20 years old. He was wow. a 13 year old boy. He was a 13-year-old boy. And so he looks insane now. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. yeah. <laughs> no shit. Fuck? Yeah, he's 53. He's a, he's a freak. But um, so he would be getting into the ring as a 13-year-old boy fighting a 20-year-old man. And that's all. Like, it, look, it, that's the only fight we got. Do you want to fight or not? And Customato was his coach was like, we're never going to get you a fight unless you start fighting these 20-year-olds because we can't get you a fight. You're just a freak. There's no 13-year-old like you. Um, mm-hmm. So it is what it is. And, and Mike, when you're a 13 year old boy about to climb into the ring with a grown man, you're scared shitless. And he was, and Customato could see that. And he pulled Mike aside and he's like, look it, there's nothing I could tell you. Like Customato was like his, his surrogate father. Yeah. Like his, his adoptive father. He, yeah. He, he took him in, right? Took him in. He literally adopted him too. And he said, Mike, there's nothing I can tell you to take away this fear. There just isn't. I know you want me to, I want to be that guy for you. There's nothing I could tell you. But here's what I will tell you. A professional isn't somebody who gets paid for what they do. A professional is somebody who does what needs to be done despite what they're feeling. <laughs> That's it. That's really so cool. He's like, you know what you we worked on in training. Get in that fucking ring and just do what you're supposed to do. I understand you're scared. Just do it in spite of. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how you feel. You don't need, you feel it. It doesn't mean you need to react on it. And that's the same, right? Uh, man, I, I, so some of the stuff I was going to chat to you about today was some of your insane uh, records. And it sounds like that's the kind of thing. So uh, you had like a squat in an hour, deadlift in an hour records, right? Right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. Right. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, it was like you squatted like 100,000 pounds or more. Uh, it was, man, I don't know. This is almost 10 years ago now. It was, it was a little over that, but it was, it was a stupid amount, but yeah. it was, um, yeah. So that I started doing like the sports psychology angle of that kind of thing where mm-hmm. it's, um, it doesn't matter how you, f- you almost disassociate like how you feel with what's going on in your body. And you start, there's certain mantras you pick up on, like for stuff like that, when you're facing exha- mm. exhaustion is exhaustion is the worst thing to fear. Like you, you, so even fighters will be like, like, cause I read tons of autobiographies on boxers and MMA guys. And it's the worst thing is necessarily losing its fatigue factor when it comes in and quitting. Losing is losing. Quitting is another. Fatigue yeah. will make cowards of us all. 
is is like that big quote in sports, mm-hmm. right? And um, I, you just start telling when I was going through it, they, we, me and the guys we were training with, I would they would do things like to to harden you mentally, wake up at four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, go to the gym and squat for an hour, and you would squat. 30 seconds, stop for 30 seconds, 30 seconds squat, stop for 30 seconds for an hour straight. And you have to just tell yourself, I don't quit when I'm tired. I quit when I'm done. Uh-huh. So I, you just repeat it over and over. And it doesn't matter. It are doesn't insane. Ma- I've got the numbers for you here, actually, because I've just... You, uh, <laughs> you did research? <laughs> I've never been on a podcast with someone <laughs> does research. <laughs> 125,000 pounds. In an hour, for 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 kilos, fifty six thousand kilo. It it it'll wear you down, and it's what it is is the, uh, it's the, it's like the it's like the pebble in your shoe that wears you down. Initially, you're like, man, it's light. This weight is light on my back. It's good, but then the the amount of reps you have to do to get there, it lasts. For, it seems to last forever, and your legs are dying, and you're all like, muscle things are shutting off, and yeah. you just have to be like. Um, it doesn't matter how I feel right now. I've made a promise. It doesn't matter. Certain things are shutting off certain things. It doesn't matter. I am not, you just, this is a debt you promised you would pay. So you <laughs> set that aside and whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but you will not stop. If the bar ends up cutting through you or whatever you feel, you just have to, the, the worst part is when the bar is light enough and you're fighting for reps, if it's super heavy, like a one rep max, and you don't get it, it just is what it is. You just can't yeah. squat it. If the bar is light enough, you will be able to keep fighting over and over and over and over and over. And it's actually, like, physically speaking, it's, that's tough because you, yes, you can fight for another. So, yes, you have to. Yes, you can such, keep going such down. A it makes mindset. It's different. And it's worse. It's like, because uh, there is no out. It's like, are you telling me you can't get another rep? Yes, you can. If you dig, yes, you can. And you're like, yeah. it's like, it's like if I told you to, to plank for how long you could plank. Yes, you can do another 30 seconds and you're going to. And it's like, fine. It's like, it's not a, in powerlifting, a lot of times either you can or you can't. You could fight, mm-hmm. but the fight is going to last three seconds. Five seconds is a monster where for certain things of fatigue setting in and, and lactic acid and whatnot, it's all it's not just going to happen mind over matter heart where it's like you just keep fighting and it's i don't know it's it's a whole other ball game but yeah yeah and you might man the mindset for you doing a powerlifting comp to then go in well now i'm gonna do like a thousand squats in an hour like you've gone from one end of the pain spectrum to the other end of the pain spectrum like in terms of what you have to endure so yeah i love that analogy where you say that you had a, a debt to repay yeah I'm a huge fan of analogies and I think like I hate uh, I fucking hate the word motivation but like there's certain things that you can think of in that sense that keep you motivated to keep going uh, and not having a debt to repay uh, you, is, is freaking awesome when you when, so when I showed up I also um, so when I showed up that day it was weird because we did we did two records one of them became official one of them did not um, and one of them was a squat earlier that day and the, for over a course of an hour, another one was, because uh, we were raising money for the, for the sick kids hospital in Hamilton. So the other one, I showed up at the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It's like a, a football, American football um, in, the, in the Canadian Football League. 
follow me here, but <laughs> so <laughs> American style football and um, 20,000 people there. And I would be on the sidelines breaking this other record for deadlifting and raising money for every rep I hit. So the second one wasn't going to be a record, but we were raising money. And um, so there's a lot of pressure because leading into this, oh, like earlier the week to help promote doing all this weightlifting, I think for every rep I hit, there was money being raised, et cetera. And um, earlier in the week, I pulled a plane to help in the Hamilton airport to help promote. And yeah. it was doing media in the newspaper, telling people what I'm doing. Like I was on radio shows and like, so like an mainstream. ideal warm up then pulling a plane. That's ideal what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, in terms of like <laughs> your nervous system being roasted, it was fucking crazy. When I, sh okay. When I showed up, I was doing things like pulling buses and pulling like, like this is kind of scary stuff, but whatever. When I showed up at this plane, it was like when, when you're driving there and you see the plane, you're like, okay, all right, not too bad. When you get on the tarmac, it's like, <laughs> it's like a building fell over onto its side and laid it on a bunch of little wheels, a bunch, like three, four little wheels. You're <laughs> yeah. like, that thing is fucking monstrous. I'll, sh I'll send you the picture. Ridiculously massive plane and you're like holy shit this is a problem and the the anxiety is through the roof at this point right so when you were when you when you start pulling this thing it's like oh my god this might not happen today so when you face these little and you just when you, when something like that it's almost it's when you start pulling and you feel the weight of the plane you're like holy this it's not moving at all it's not even budging and the cameras are rolling live on television and everyone's screaming pull 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 and this thing isn't budging. And you're like, the, the anxiety hits. And you're like, holy shit. Um, the anxiety you you, fuel. The anxiety. You, say, you tell yourself, let me just get an inch. Let me just get an inch. That's all I need. Give me a fucking inch. Fight for an inch. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Get an inch. And then I heard someone yell out, it's moving. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't feel it. I didn't feel the move at all. Man, this thing is massive. You don't feel it move. It moved just, the wheels turned a little, but my boy was like, I told him, you see those wheels turn, you fucking tell me. It's fucking moving. sell it. You, you, well, <laughs> not, to me though, not just to the crowd, yeah. right? So he's paying attention to the wheels. If you look at the plane, you don't notice the moving. You look at the wheels, you'll see a bit of a turn. He's like, I heard him go, it's moving. And then I was like, the adrenaline hit more and I'm fighting and I'm fighting and it moved a little more, a little more. So inch, an inch, an inch, an inch. Now we got a little momentum. Now the momentum going. Now this thing is moving a little easier because we broke inertia and momentum's going. Eventually you drag this thing across the finish line. We had a finish line mapped out. And I'm like, get this fucking harness off me. I don't want nobody to see it, but I'm ducking behind things. Your nervous system is fried. You're puking. You're, it's, 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 it's terrible, man. I'm it's, not sure you could have chosen a worse activity to do. But no, it's, it's the whole thing. So, so when it happened afterwards, and I'm like dead dog tired, I asked my boy, I'm like, holy shit, that was tough. Because I couldn't get this thing to move. Like I fell down like three times. This thing was hell. And he's like, um, I'm going to tell you straight up. He's like, that tire wasn't moving when I said that. I can see it on your face. I could see it on your face. You were like, you were, you were there. Like you were oh, like, that's... this thing isn't moving and you were hurt. Yeah. That's the power, right? That's the power of our mind. I told you what you needed to hear. That's <laughs> right. Hope <laughs> is a weird thing. Hope is a weird thing. So, um, so I messed up. Later on, I have those two records. The first record happened in Guelph. 
uh, an hour of squatting in however many like reps and then the overall weight in your, your dead dog diet. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, like you're, go- you're going, you tell yourself in terms of like the debt repaying or not, when you're in hell and you're going through it, you tell yourself like, I, I knew this was coming. I promised myself, when I, what did you promise yourself? This the internal dialogue. I would pay this debt. I would pay this debt. And when the fight comes, you're like, you're here. You're in hell right now. But tomorrow, it's going to be passed. It's going to be gone. So you just get through it. It will be over. It will be over. You're in hell. Keep going. It will be over. But you don't stop yourself. You let your body fall to pieces before it stops. It's a, it's a, you don't stop. Let gravity stop you. <laughs> so, so when we did the squatting in Guelph and the media was there, whatever, we did some interviews. And then I, we drove to Hamilton, which is like 45 minutes away, which is outside of Toronto. And 20,000 people. And I was so fucked up from the squatting. I'm like, man, there's, there's no way this is going to happen. And then they were like, I'm done, done. I wouldn't pull the plug. I was telling everybody around me on my, like, my team. We had like a team of people supporting me. And I'm like, if I knew, if I knew what I would feel like right now after pulling a plane, doing that squatting, and then showing up. And I had done all this media, like mainstream media, yeah. saying what I was doing. They put me on the tickets, 20,000 people there. They put me on the fucking tickets. Six wow. I'm like, I, I, I would have. I would have pulled out, man. I would have been like, I'm good. <laughs> Instead, I'm like, I'm stuck in a moment and this shit has to happen now. And they brought me into the, the middle of the field, of the football field with 20,000 people in the audience, gave the microphone to me and they said, be confident. And I was like, I'm not feeling the way I'm talking. And I'm like, I'm going to do this and this is why I'm going to do this for all the kids. i like, you're fighting the fight. You held off them feelings, right? And you're, you just, you're, okay. you're just like, you're talking big and you're like, um, I said some shit like not everybody's got a plane in their life, but no, no, not everybody pulls planes, but everybody's got a plane in their life. So keep fighting for those inches. And you like, you know, when you go to hospitals for sick kids and I was going to cancer camp for kids, seeing kids six, seven fighting, you know, mm-hmm. cancer and like some of it's terminal, some of it's not, some of it's whatever. And you tell these kids, like if a, if a man can do what I'm doing and pull planes and flip cars, like who's to say what's possible? I know mm. you face what you're facing, but who's nobody would believe I can do what I just did. Who's to say what you can do for a, for a bit of reference as well. Like you're not a big guy to be pulling planes. Not, and buses. Not big, like, I was bigger at the time, but not huge. Like I'm not, you know, so it, it means something to these kids. It means like if you're six years old and I told, so the speech I gave these kids was, um, when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with comic books and I, I wanted to like grow up, have super strength and use my strength to help people like the guys in comic books and shit like mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, like kids stuff. Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's why we all start lifting, I think. <laughs> Baby. So when you get older, you're kind of conditioned, man, that shit's for kids. You got to let that go. Like, that's not real life. So then someone close to me got sick and, um, and they passed away. And uh, it was like... It was, it was super, 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 super difficult. And so then I was like, man, there's got to be something that's got to be done. And um, I remember going to like reaching out to some of these cancer camp for kids and being like, here's an idea I got. And, and uh, I remember I was saying like, I'm going to flip cars, I'm going to pull planes. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give these kids like, look at, 
here's my story. Um, and if I can, if that little boy can grow up pulling planes, flipping cars and help people with his strength, and that's an impossible, what you think is impossible, who's to say what's impossible, keep fighting. And um, I was crazy motivated because of what happened. Because of, okay, yeah. So even my mother was like, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? And then, um, and I didn't know yet. And then everybody around me was like, are you sure? And then, so one day I was driving in the car and I was doubting myself. And, um, and you don't have this stuff to just be able to pull the plane and know you can ahead of time or to flip a car. No, you can ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You find out sometimes at the event and you're like, fuck man, this could be a really <laughs> bad situation. So I was driving with my nephew in the back and my nephew was like, um, I was like, listen, you know, you, your uncle Ryan, he's got an event coming up. And it's crazy. I was talking to my nephew for, for motivation, inspiration, because I was really down to myself and all the adults in my life were like, I don't think you want to put yourself in a situation where it doesn't work for you right now. Mm -hmm. Like that on that scale. Like, are you sure you know what you're doing? And even the people at charity were like, are you sure this is possible? Well, we we was, carry so much doubt as adults. Dude. And I started being like, I went from being like, this is going to happen to doubting myself. So I'm telling my nephew in the back seat and my nephew, and I'm like, so I'm going to pull this plane and I'm going to flip this car and, and I'm going to, I'm going to help kids who are facing some scary, scary stuff. And I was like, mm -hmm. do you, what do you think? Do you think I could do this? And I was like, well, I'm asking a six-year-old. And he's like, hell yeah, you could do this. He's like, yeah, you're super strong. You could do anything. And <laughs> he's just can. like, oh. right. And I was like, that's it, man. Kids still believe they're a blank slate. They haven't been jaded yet. So when I showed that's up massive. to these, yeah, dog, when I show up to these schools, I would show up like a thousand, like a talk to the whole auditorium of kids. All the media shows up like flipping cars i'd go to cancer camp for kids talking to them and like they all were like yeah i believe it. <laughs> you know 100 i'm in there i believe it and then uh fuck man this it was crazy this ended up being a national news story so people on the other side of canada and canada is not a small country were like reading in the newspaper were like dude what the fuck are you doing back home <laughs> <laughs> you, you what is going on there you're on so like cool you're on and uh so that was blowing up so then yeah i was on a huge kick of um just mentally pushing hugely motivated at that at that, was, yeah, at that stage and more like i got into like motivating and inspiring other people that was like the biggest driver is like um if i do this that means you could do that yeah you know and even if you so even if you don't have a plane you're trying to pull in your life you got a plane in your life, something that's big, something that's scary, something that everyone around you might not think you could do and something that maybe you don't think you could do. You got a plane in your life. Experience, like, yeah, and having the experience, right? It's because you have those experiences, you're able to, like, what you're able to convey to them, they know that you're not bullshitting. So because you've had, like, because you went through something and then because you succeeded in those things, it's so, like, um, Oh, what am I looking for? It's so obvious that there's no bullshit. And especially like kids, like they'll just cut right through it if you're trying to lie to them. Well, it's, it's more like, man, it's not even how I would describe it. It's not the weight over the course of the hour. It's not the plane itself pulling it. Because if I was by myself and just with some buddies, I strap in and it's like, let's see if I could pull this plane. All of us could just try to pull the plane. If we did, we did. If we didn't, we didn't. It, who, it's not that big. You have no skin in the game, no loss. It is mm -hmm. what it is. 
it's a different thing to put your, like, this is what my sister told me when I was like really scared. She's like, it takes guts to say what you're going to do before you even know you could do it. And I'm not talking just like, that's, that's, that's courage. She's like, you, she's like, that inspires me. She's like, it's, it's totally different to know you could do something and then go out there and do it. I was scared, man. I had put myself into a situation where like, this was national news. This wasn't just power. It wasn't just your social media channel. It wasn't just, this was like mainstream media, inter, like national news, international news. It wasn't news. just the small strength community. Having this, a look was, at this was it. This was like, it wasn't the fact that I was trying to pull a plane because you could do that on, if you had access, not maybe a plane, but if you, you could, if it was just you, you strap and try to pull a plane was one thing. It was the fact that you put yourself out there very vulnerable mm-hmm. and everyone's watching live on TV and all the news was being written and everything you told those kids who were facing what they were facing and all the pressure you put on yourself and you have so many outs and you're like, I'm going to fucking try this. And you don't sleep that week. You're not sleeping. You're not like in terms of stress, it's like not, it's not, man. I can't convey. Like I had like, like it was bad, man. It was really, really, really difficult. Like I, I can't convey enough. And I was like having, I was dealing with it. And um, afterwards on the other side, when everything worked out and I had buddies, like you would, you would have buddies. Fuck, I wonder if I could like pull a plane or whatever. I wonder if I could try this, try that. I'm like, yeah, maybe. But that was like the easiest part. <laughs> it was the easiest part. Oh my God. Well, when, I was, when I was looking at it, I was like, uh, I, I, did a, I did a squat challenge a few years ago and it was like, I remember thinking how daunting it was. And then when I looked at that, I was like, I can't even fathom how I would start trying to train for that many squats in an hour. And I like what you said there with uh, how vulnerable you felt. Because the vulnerability is what gives you the power. That I feel like that was it's a very it was a very big driver for me because Christ I don't even want to say my numbers versus these. <laughs> but when I did mine, the the thing that um, was that fear of failure is what makes you go shit. I got to rise to this occasion, uh, and like the experiences you've had now because of that. That it, I I was reading. It, it got to a point. Where I was, so I was reading tons of sports psychology where this one guy, it, so you're no longer like a strength athlete when you're doing something like that. You're an endurance mm-hmm. athlete. And that's something that we all got to wrap our heads around. It's not, it's no longer a strength athlete. It becomes a fatigue factor in fighting fatigue. So I was reading a lot of um, endurance athletes, how they would deal with it. And this one dude who was an ultra marathon runner, he was talking about week two of the ultra marathon. Now ultra marathon, every day you run a marathon for like four weeks straight, every day. A marathon oh. every day for four weeks. You think of how many days? So he said, brutal. We, brutal. And he said, it becomes a mind game, no longer with your body. It becomes just overcoming fatigue. He's like, week two, I started urinating blood. And the body is like, there's something wrong. This is what's happening to us. And he, you start telling yourself, anxiety hits. And you're like, if this is week two, what is week three going to be? If you're urinating blood on week two. And um, so, and then I think week three, he sprained an ankle. So now he's urinating blood and he he's sprained gone. an ankle. My friend, every still got day, a week to go another week, another week of marathons every day. So you start telling yourself, if this is week three, what is week four? And then 
by the time he crossed the finish line, when he was in week four, he was no longer urinating blood. And when they did the, they did the, they checked out his ankle after the race, it had already healed. <laughs> and this is what he told himself is this is, this is something you take away from life. Okay. This is, this is why I do certain things like I was doing at the time. Cause there's takeaways. Yeah. It doesn't always get worse. Sometimes despite you not injecting anything to make it better, mm-hmm. it will turn around and get better. Now Have listen you... to me in life in general, <laughs> dog, listen to me. It doesn't always get worse. Just fucking keep your chin down. Keep going. Sometimes for no other reason, no reason you write my it just gets, it'll, it'll work out. I, I, so I always like with these, with these shows, right? I like to take a little snippet and I'm like, yeah. okay, there's something people can take away. Uh, I think we're already at about five of those. <laughs> well <done. laughs> That's a show but, record. <laughs> but it, but it, um, when I like when I was so when I when I showed up to the football game and there's 20,000 people they gave me the microphone I walked up told them what I was doing why I was doing it I told them like for anybody for those kids that I visited and and for you know whoever is watching this that I was talking to mm-hmm. we don't we don't quit you know we keep fighting when you're pulling the plane everyone doesn't isn't pulling a plane but you got a plane in your life fight for another inch fight for one more inch and then, and then after that, fight for one more inch. And then after that, and as when those inches add up, you will cross that finish line. Those small victories will, will add up. You will cross that finish line. Just keep fighting for those inches. Then I gave the microphone to the guy, and I walked back to my team. And the head dude, Otis, who's actually one of the guys on the Canadian powerlifting team who does like the, um, you know, RMT work, and he's a chiropractor, whatever. He was like, that was a fucking good speech, man. I was like, thank you. And he's like, take a seat, take a seat. He started working on my legs. And he's like, quick question. You bow-legged, right? I'm like, what? And he's like, nah, like you bow-legged. You, when you walk, you always, you always a little bow-legged. And, and I'm like, nah, man, I'm not bow-legged. What are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, ah, yeah, yeah, never mind. And I was like, yeah, what? That was weird. And then afterwards, he was like, I was like, what did you ask me that? And he's like, ah, because when you were walking, so many muscles were no longer firing that <laughs> you, <laughs> you didn't know because you're on endorphins and you're about to give a speech. You're, the adrenaline's going, you're nervous. 20, give a speech with 20,000 people watching, by the way. Like there's so many mental <laughs> highs in this day. It was, you know the saying, it was the best day of my life. It was the worst day of my life at the exact same time. Like in the exact same moment, I've never been more scared to shit and fatigued at the exact same no moment. I've never been more inspired. And in a moment where like, Oh my God, I'm actually doing something like not just like, I'm actually doing bigger than myself. So I, you don't know what's going on. It's like, it's like <laughs> fear versus motivation just all day long on that day. It was like, I was dead for like for so long afterwards. So then he was like, yeah, so many muscles were. F-. So he started, um, I noticed, but I wasn't cluing in, but he was, so he told me you're going to shave your legs leading into this event because he had thought I'm going to have, I might have to tape your legs because he already knew ahead of time. He, mm. The guy knows. So he sat me down and immediately started taping the fuck out of certain points, certain muscles because muscles that aren't, he would tape off. If a muscle wasn't working, he'd tape off around it so that you'd be all right. And other muscles would be able to recruit, work around it. And you would be, you know, you'd be all right. Mm-hmm. You'd get through it. Other muscles would take over what that muscle wasn't, but you'd have to tape it off so that it's going to work properly. You're not going to break down altogether, whatever. And he was so, and I'm, you know, when you're about to 20,000 people watching, whatever, you're not, 
you're there, but you're not there. At certain points, you're like in your own head. So he's doing this all, and I'm not after he asked me about the bow-legged walking or whatever, but I'm not super cluing in because I'm about to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Again, again, dog, I was I was in pieces. Right? Again, another like 100,000 pounds a few hours so, later. So, so you're, and you towed a plane earlier in the week. Man, so it was afterwards. There were points, man, where, um, so this, the ultra marathon runner said, there were points when he was running and he was so fatigued, he would pass out like fall asleep because you can't stop when you're on pace, no matter how you feel, wake back up. Cause he was only asleep for like a second or two. You know, yeah, your desk, you nod mm-hmm. off for a second, mm-hmm. wake back up. His head comes back up. He was still running. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Like your body will follow when you need, when you were ingrained to the point where, so that's why this dude who was coaching me is like, you were going to wake up three o'clock in the morning, go to the gym and squat for an hour straight, pick a weight and you don't, you don't break and you just squat through it. You are going to have to get to the point where you just, re- you just accept certain things are gonna happen to you. That's, that's the huge difference with, uh, with powerlifting versus the endurance side of things in that, uh, have you ever read the book called Endure? I can't, the, the author's name is like lost to me now, but it, it's- No, but I can, I'll find it, because it sounds good already. <laughs> it's really good, man. And there was a bit in there where he's talking about these, the, in cycling they have the, 60 minute record where they, yeah. they go around the velodrome and the most miles covered in that 60 minutes. So this, this guy retires and he's like, I think he's like early forties. He's been retired a few years. Sorry. And he's like, I'm going to have a go at that. So they test his VO2 max and they do a little bit of test. They're like, you've, you've got no chance, you know, like physiologically you're so far beyond the person who's like currently holding the record. I'll give it a go. Does it smashes the record. And they're like the scientists who like the and sports scientists who've just like studied him are like, what the fuck? Like, how is that possible? And he, he was like, he was German and he was like, oh, I'm German and I can endure more pain than you. That was his reasoning, which was beautiful because then like that for me is the difference between the powerlifting and your endurance in powerlifting. You, you do have to endure pain, but there is a limit and you can, you can hit that limit so quickly. But with that endurance training, like, Man, you've got to keep on pushing through that pain. And you, like you say with the squats, you can just keep on going. This is it. Okay, so a one lift or a triple, anybody can gut through, like you could wrap your head around that. When it's the beauty, the beauty about the fatigue factor and fighting fatigue, at a certain extent, you could go against someone who has all the physical traits above you. But if it, but there's something, something beautiful about the human will that it doesn't matter you have all the check marks. I got you. You will stop before I do though. You know, I'm not saying me personally, I'm saying just in general, when, when you see that in sports, yeah. okay, this is, this is just, you see, there's something beautiful about that, about humans. And it's, that isn't science. It's, it's beyond science. You hook up machines and be like, okay, I can see the force that your body can generate for a one rep max, whatever shit, that's science. And it doesn't matter how bad you want it. The guy ranked 15th isn't going to out deadlift or squat the guy ranked first. It's, it, it's not about that necessarily. It's just your body can't generate that. However, let's make them go head to head when it becomes that fatigue factor, who's going to quit first. Let's make it, there's something there. And you can see magical things happen where certain people who have no over the top physical, they're not no physical abilities, whatever, but they're hum, the human will will put you in fucking awe. 
of what they're capable of doing. I, th- I think that's probably going to be on show at the moment, right? This fucking current weird situation that we're living in. There's going to be, I mean, we, we feel quite lucky in the, here we are in the UK, quarantine for us, not a problem, or, you know, for me specifically, right? But like, there's some people who are going to be in such dire situations right now, and it's their will and their desire to overcome things that's going to get them, going to get it's- them through it. There are certain, it's a, uh, yeah, it's the commitment. It's the mental commitment that, um, that some people can make and some people is freaking it. And that's another thing that with humans, man, we inspire each other. Like when you see someone do it, you feel like you can because you saw someone else or whatever cues they give you. I didn't make up these cues, man. I, um, like I read about it. I read about like the, the Russian Olympic team would use visualization and they wouldn't just visualize the good. They would visualize bad scenarios as well so they're there ahead of time when this Mm -hmm. shut down that shuts down everything's hitting the fan but you don't stop and you have certain mantras they would actually do certain certain words even it could be any word it could be for me it was ali okay muhammad ali is like a massive idol of mine Mm -hmm. and muhammad would it doesn't matter what scenario you drop them in he would be in he was when he was a contender on the way up he had to fight a guy named sonny liston Sonny Liston won the title with a first round knockout, um, just absolutely obliterated the defending world champion like he, like he was a bum, <laughs> like he was a fucking bum. The world champion ducked Sonny Liston for two years straight. He was such a ferocious contender. Um, the number, he, when he fought for the title elimination bout, and it had been so long, people like, you got to give this guy a, a title shot. And Floyd Patterson was the champion. And he kept, he was like, man, I ain't fighting Sonny Liston though. And eventually the pressure was high, super high and by the public. And they're like, the winner of this fight gets a title shot. That's that. So Sonny Liston fought the number one, the other top contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sonny Liston walked out there, one jab, knocked out all of his teeth and KO'd him 30 seconds. And it was like, well... That's that. So Sonny, when, like, it was, it was, he's ferocious. He was going to jail for beating up cops. He was like, he, he was a, like, he was just, he An was Tyson. angry kid. He was Mike Tyson before there was Mike Tyson. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. He yeah. Destroyed the defending world champion. And then there was a rematch clause that champions often do, often do where if I lose my title to you and I give you a title shot, you have to give me a rematch. They rematched and he destroyed Floyd Patterson in the first round all over again. Like he couldn't, it, it was just like, it was so non-competitive And Floyd Patterson, when they rematched packed a disguise so he could leave the arena without being hassled by the public. And then everyone recognized winners don't pack disguises in case they lose dog. You knew you were going to lose. Like, like you think Sonny listen, pack the fucking disguise to leave the arena. Sonny listen, ain't packing shit. He's packing a punch. That's it. So when, um, when, when, when Muhammad Ali was a top contender, and I'm building this for a second, just mm-hmm. like I do in my commentary, all right? I feel it. When Muhammad Ali was a top contender, Sonny Liston was the heavyweight champion and he had the fight. We all know who Muhammad Ali ended up becoming. Mm-hmm. This was Cassius Clay. He was a lippy 20-year-old kid who hadn't beaten anybody of note and was telling everybody, I am the greatest. And Sonny Liston, that Sonny Liston, in and out of prison, ex-con, you ain't fooling nobody, knock your teeth out with a jab, knock out the world champion in the first round, was the world champion. When Muhammad Ali signed to fight him, he was a six-to-one underdog 
Okay, I mean, if they fought seven okay. times, if they fight seven times, Sonny's winning six of these. You understand what I'm saying? Like this, it was, it, odds were really bad. Everybody was afraid of Sonny Liston. Except Everybody for... was afraid. When they got in there, Muhammad would, would literally get in Sonny's face and be like, I am the greatest. I'm gonna, I will make you quit. I will like you, like he was like just so, you know, courageous and brave. And everyone's like, like his handlers were like, he's going to like, Sonny's like, I'm going to knock out your teeth. I'm going to close your eyes. I'm going to fucking concuss you. He's like, you are going to keep running your mouth. And um, everybody, and like Sonny does that though. And Ali was like, most, usually people would be afraid. You pack in a disguise. You're like telling your corner, throwing a towel if things get bad. When Sonny's like talking like that. And mm-hmm. Ali, like, he, he had courage that he hadn't earned yet. He, was, he hadn't beaten anybody even close to Sonny Liston. And he was a kid. They called him the Louisville Lip because he was so lippy. And he was, this was a Muhammad at the time. He still Cassius Clay. And he, for, when you see the press conferences now, if you know everything that was happening at the time, and you see him right up in Sonny's face, being, like saying, like, I am the greatest, like, I am... I like I will meet you every Sonny's like I'll see what happens you see me what happens in the ring Such and, Sonny, a and Ali's perspective, like man. Ali's like I'll meet you halfway you know he's like I'll see you in the ring he's like I'll meet you halfway and he's like he's not giving an inch he walked in there Ali made Sonny list and quit in between rounds just like he said he's like you're gonna quit you'll quit on me you and that's when you start realizing Sonny was bigger stronger meaner everything but Ali was just like <laughs> Put it on the table. You'll stop. You'll quit before I do. You will stop. Yes, you will. And Sonny's like, man, you don't, you're crazy. And Natalie's like, yeah, I am. But you're, I know, I know these promises I made myself. So when you see shit like that, that's the, the gift that humans got. We're like, you, you hear these stories, you watch people do it and you walk away with like inspired. I fucking love that dog. I read so many autobiographies and things. That's why I got like started doing what I was doing, going to kids to camp for kids and everything being like, let me see what happens. Get back a little bit. But you can't yeah, you do that. Put your stamp. You can't do that without putting yourself in, in possible without putting yourself out there. <laughs> Yeah. So it was crazy. How, uh, coming back to like normal day, how's quarantine life for you? Are you, uh, are you in quarantine right now? I'm in quarantine, dog. And, uh, it's a quarantine it's lockdown. Lockdown, quarantine, whatever the hell is going on. I mean, I'm a super, super social dude. I don't like not see, being around people, not seeing people, not talking to people. I'm glad for podcasts and whatnot, social media, mm-hmm. but um, it's hard, man. It's hard not being able to talk to people. And uh, some people like it. Some people are like, yeah, I get a lot of things done around the house and I'm pretty introspective anyways. But for me, it's a lot more difficult. So I, I mean, I could work out from home and, and whatnot, but I'm like trying to go on walks with people, like my friends mm-hmm. walk and talks and, and yeah, stuff like that. And it the is such out. a strange time. I, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, before this, they'd be like, well, I hate people. And you're like, you might have said a blanket statement of that then. I don't how are you feeling now? We're, we're all social creatures and it, it is really hard. I don't understand when people say shit like that. I hate people. And I, you, I, mm. you know, like I met somebody, um, I've met somebody who had like, they're, they're German, but they had that tattooed. Like they're nah, not me. I'm so, they almost wear like a badge of honor. I hate people. I'm not this, that, or whatever. And they had a tattoo. And they're like, that's what that means. That's what the, I swear to God, the tattoo said, I hate people. 
And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? How miserable a person are you if you hate, you hate people? What do you, how do you get through your day? You can't, Means if you, they hate if you, themselves. For, yeah, that's, that's really well said. <laughs> Dude, it's true though. How the fuck do you hate? Like if you hate people, that's something internal you got to deal with because it's not people. What, what do you do? How do you live like that? You know, with, with that, right? When, when people do say it, because like, I think we, we can all fall prey to saying blanket statements. Like yeah. I, I 100% yeah. would do it all the time, but you're like, you just keep reinforcing the same, uh, pattern whether we do a positive or a negative pattern but if you keep telling yourself that same story you fucking get a tattooed on your arm that story is stuck <laughs> you you've you've identified well that's that's just um not to keep going back to ali but that's exactly what he was saying is when i'm saying i am the greatest before i beat everyone i beat mm. um he's like i was saying it before i even knew i was but i just kept saying it over and over and over until i started believing it here's the thing it works both ways my friend if you grow up, and some people it's not necessarily, when people grow up in maybe an abusive household and you get told you ain't shit, you're mm -hmm. never gonna be shit. Or, or, or the neighborhood you come up in, nobody ever grows up to be shit. Mm -hmm. This is what, you, this is the level that people in this neighborhood grew up in. Your parents can be supportive, but you look around your environment. That's where systematic conditioning, whether it's in the household alone or whether it's in the neighborhood or whatever, you just yeah. start, believing this is you so wrap it around your head and that's as far as you're gonna go and um it's true be very mindful of what you tell yourself be mindful of the affirmations that's, you make. yeah so important. positive and real positive or positive and negative so when you tell yourself and we all do it it's natural hey look i'm look i say this i am far from perfect i have days where i'm like fuck i'm an idiot i, I messed up like i make mistakes and i'm like damn it that was stupid I let people, I hate letting people down is the big one. And um, I let people down. I'm, you know, I, I, I let this guy down, let this girl down. Like, you know, I, I'll beat myself up a little bit, but mm -hmm. I catch myself and I'm like, be easy though. Be easy because you're going to, if you go on too long like that, you're going to convince yourself. Like it's you're very, an idiot. You're, <laughs> yeah, man. You're not it's worthy. It's so easily done. Oh man, it's tough. Be careful how you talk to yourself. I had Jen Mill Milliken on the podcast and she was like, if I made you wear a cape and everything you told yourself in private, that you, when you're beating up, when you're saying things to yourself, when you make a mistake and you don't forgive yourself or, or, or like, I, I, I'm not worthy of this or that or whatever. If I made you take everything you said about yourself and I made you wear it out in public, would you be, would you be ashamed? Would you be embarrassed? People saw what you said okay. about yourself. That's a good. You would, that's a good spin. You think about that. If you say like, "Man, I'm ugly. I'm not as good looking as I'm not, or I'm, you know, I'm not." All the shit you say, you're not. And then I made you actually wear that out in public, and everyone saw how you talked about yourself. Did that embarrass you? Would you be like, "Shit"? <laughs> like people would be like, "What the fuck? You say that about yourself?" And everyone's got moments. Like not every day, but you got moments where you. You beat up on yourself because you fucked up. We get, we get it so much in uh, in powerlifting where someone has a bad session and then they have a bad day, which leads to the following bad day. And you're like, you had a bad session. That's cool. And then you made yourself feel that it's worse because you're like, ah, oh, I'm weak. I'm shit. And you're like, chill, chill. You had yeah. a bad session. Like, move on. And yeah, you you're just perpetuate. You, you just, yeah, you just you're, perpetuate you're that bad side. Well, it's, man, it's uh, Joe Rogan had a really good comment I shared on my personal account where he's like, you can look back 
and um, at all the mistakes you made and be like, fuck, man, look at all these mistakes I made. Like, I made so many mistakes. Like, I'm a very flawed human being. He's like, you made those mistakes, but that's not you. That mm-hmm. was you. You now are the accumulation of those, of those experiences. And now you know, like, how much have you grown since then because of those mistakes? You now are not that person. So let it go. You now know these mistakes and have grown from it. So don't, stop looking back at me like, look, when I did that, when I did this, all these mistakes I made, but that's not you anymore. That's the beauty of experience. Think, and, yeah, and, and with, you have to accept yourself for who you are today. What, it, you are not you yesterday. And you Hopefully you're a better a you. you. <laughs> yeah. uh, with the saying, this is Muhammad, but uh, bear with me. He said, the man or woman at 50 who sees the world the same as they did when they were 20 has wasted 30 years. <laughs> he has wasted 30 years. That, Don't waste the day. That is very profound. Yeah, well, it's true. It's uh, like, stop beating yourself up. It's uh, so true. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> we, we're right. going off on tangents, my man. Man, uh, I, I could get real deep all day long. Dog, I love it. I love it, man. We, we started with commentating in 2016. I was going to walk <laughs> you through year by year how shit's changed and how like there's turning point moments of time where when I walk up to people like from the first year, no one knows who I am and, and no one knows King of the Lifts and, or who even ran King of the Lifts. People didn't even know who was running King of the Lifts. It was an anonymous fucking thing, that entity that was doing it to walking up to people certain moments, that moment where people are like, oh shit, six pack Labanac. And you're like, this is fucking bizarre that people even know who you are. Like you're the voice and, and the king of the lifts. And like, you're like, it's weird when like you never, you don't think at the time in like five years from now, this is where we'll be at. Mm-hmm. You don't I know. Think, it just happens, bro. I think that was how I first spotted you at worlds where I heard the voice and I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> I knew the voice, but not the face. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the voice, the voice of powerlifting, as we coined it. But um, yeah, and you know what's funny? So I remember too when I, um Sabrina was going to do the co-hosting, uh, co-commentary. Sorry, and um, the team said uh, you're going to have a co-commentary. We got you lined up with somebody because when when the commentators we have like the on the, the professionals that are on the media team when we're when this is the open we're together and we we. Not anymore do we really have any co-hosts or co-commentary, color commentary, just because sometimes they want to tighten it up and, um, and you're, you're sure of who you have when they do this, especially if we're going on the Olympic channel. So like, we're just going to keep the two, two dudes that we know are what it, what it is, right? The, the package. And they split us up on two different platforms. We're doing the juniors and whatever the hell. They try to get us color commentators because exactly what I'm saying. One person isn't as good. Two people, you can bounce back and forth. So when I sat in and um, sometimes I grabbed the person, sometimes like, eh, I couldn't get nobody. And they're like, we got you somebody. So they got Sabrina. And um, I remember, I still remember, dude. Um, like, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Sabrina, but she's like shy, wearing her glasses. Like, yeah. I am Sabrina. I shook her hand and it's like a little, like a little nervous handshake. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like it was adorable. But, but you could tell, like, I know I was so nervous myself. I just faked it, but I was nervous. And I remember telling her, um, listen to me, you don't have any pressure on you. It's my job. I have to handle this pressure. I 
will get through like in terms of like naming sponsors, name of the lifter, name of the key, like how much is on the weight, the, the strategy involved. Well, here's a chip in play, blah, blah, blah. I, that's my job. Literally mm -hmm. my job. You don't have that pressure. You do you. You don't have to say something if there's nothing on your mind to say for a lift. Or if you do have something, feel free to say it. You don't have to wait. Just, just do your thing. I was like, I'll carry the weight. You just do you. You have no pressure. You and know what was like amazing about that is what kind of like everything we've been talking about in terms of you have these experiences and then and then you grow. Like that was like a hundred miles outside of her comfort zone. Dude, it was so cute because I could tell when I met her. She, was, you could tell when I was nervous, right? And you're like, and I knew though, like I understood because we were like, that's a tough world to get dropped the middle of. That we had like our ratings are really, really high, mm -hmm. and it's different when it's there's no editing. It's live on the air, um, so there's no you can't go back and take certain parts out or whatever. On top of that, people who listen, like in the comments and stuff, they can just like they could pick you apart for whatever reason. We've seen yeah. previous world championships. They don't give a fuck. You know, yeah. people in the comments <laughs> yeah. don't give a fuck. So you could be, you could be a pretty confident guy or girl hop in that booth. And all of a sudden you're like, Holy shit. Like, I hope I, you know, you're worried about things like that. That's why I try to tell people like, you don't got to let, I'll carry the heavy weight. And I'll, if, if someone hasn't talked in a little while, I know what's going on in their heads. Yeah. I know. So I will throw the ball and just say easy softballs down the middle. You're going to hang that you will hit out of the park. And I will say, look pretty good. I'm thinking five kilo. What do you think? And that's it. You, you, there is no right or wrong answer. You yeah. just, so so there's, it's softballs. And I'll do it enough times. You've now broken the ice and talked already five times when we're done the squat session. By the time we get the bench, I'll throw you a few more. And then all of a sudden, yeah, in. you lose. You lose. Yeah, you're in. You're in. Buddy. You, you nailed a couple of homers. And then if they come back and they hit the five kilo, I'm like, oh, right on. You nailed that one. Wow. Okay. Well, what are you thinking about? What would you think in this situation? We just talk. You know what I mean? And then all of a she sudden, had, uh, she had just lifted that morning as well. So <laughs> yeah, man. And then uh, um, that day was very, very special for us because she lifted in the morning. She commentated in the afternoon. And then what happened in the, in the evening, dog? What happened in the evening, dog? Because I see I that on social media. I proposed. You did, didn't you? <laughs> you devil, you. I seen it in social media because um, we just commentated. And then afterwards, that uh, I don't, I, I seen it. I don't know if someone told me to look or whatever. I was like, oh, shit. Talk about a day for Sabrina. Sabrina is <laughs> quite uh, the day. Do you know, I had the ring with me the whole time. And <laughs> right at the back, and I had it in my bag. And then she's like, I just need to go in your bag. And I'm like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You're like, everything's about to be ruined. So, yeah, that, that day was that was a super, super special day. Um, Dog, talk about crazy, emotional, up, down, all over the place. You yeah, people, I mean? people ask me, they go, did, did she cry? No, no, she didn't. And then about five minutes after, she just broke down. <laughs> well, it, that's, it, you know, emotions are a funny thing, but sometimes right. you, it doesn't... I've had that in life too, where if you get good news or bad news, sometimes it doesn't register right off the bat. And you're like, it takes a minute. And then people would even say like, oh, I thought you'd react differently when you heard that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like in your head, you're telling yourself, yeah, I'm not even, this isn't even wrapped around my head right now. Like I don't, I'm still processing. And right. you know, you still, you're you're wrong, process it. when I'm alone, 
shit will hit, whether it's good or bad. Sometimes you're like, it's not that it didn't impact me. It just hasn't fully hit yet. And that's with everybody you see, right? <laughs> sometimes, yeah. And that can actually, I wonder if sometimes that's like a good thing too, where um, it might be part of evolution where it's sometimes that's the reason why certain things can hit you and you have to, in the moment, keep going. And you can't freeze up in that moment in life. So as humans, you have the ability, and probably animals too, the ability to compartmentalize and be like, all right, put a pin in that. I'm going to deal with that later on. Absolutely. I'm gonna and you know when it hits you when you're quote unquote alone, oftentimes, if you were in the middle of some shit, and like historically speaking, and you need to fucking react and be on point, only when you're alone is probably when you're out of danger and you're like, okay, process it now. And it's weird how to this day, that evolution is still there whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And sometimes when you're alone, it hits. And like, I swear to God, that's a part of evolution where it's like, that's why we're here though. That's, it's supposed to be like that. That's not it weird. Isn't. That's not you being weird. That is humans, man. You were supposed to be like that. You have to hide it sometimes to literally survive. And, uh... Well, yeah. Well, like if you're on the battlefield type deal back in the history, historically speaking, um, you cannot register what's going on all around you. You need to just do what you got to do. And then when you're back in the barracks, okay, <laughs> let it happen. Or wherever, man, just over the course of human evolution. Yeah, so it's still there now. You could use it. This is, this is all part of, you know, where, where we are today. But uh, and yeah, so have, can, you, uh, have you got any plans for more crazy records? Or are you going to get back onto the platform next year? So I mean, well, I mean, we'll see with um, what the hell's going on with powerlifting in general. Mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do. I'll put it this way: for the rest of my life, if I live to be 140, I'm gonna lift weights. Hopefully, the mm -hmm. day. That day I die at 140. Earlier yeah. that morning, I will have lifted weights. You understand what I'm saying? I will never. I was lifting weights when I was a kid in my parents' basement, um, like 10 years old, and I didn't even know what the shit I was doing. I was just in the basement doing something, lifting weights. So later on, that like that's it. In terms of competing, in terms of rec like, I always need something. I can't. I don't identify with people who don't have something that's a passion that they're doing. I don't identify whether it's like. I have goals in terms of like for King of Lists, for podcasting, for commentating, for so many things. I need something physical or otherwise, like doing some of those other things, like, you know, in terms of media. Well, that, uh, that, that's, that's, what, that's what brings real happiness. Not chasing happiness, it's chasing that fulfillment. And that's what brings real happiness. And it, it, it then shows if you're doing the thing you fucking care about. I need, I don't know. I don't, I don't identify whatsoever with the people who um, go to work nine to five, come home, have dinner, put the kids to bed, watch a little TV, go to sleep, wake up, get the kids to school, go to work, come home, have dinner, put the kids to bed. Watch the TV. <laughs> I'm like, and then you die. <laughs> I was like, holy shit oh no that can't be it that can't be it i don't i don't identify with that i can't do it so i need something i'm i'm getting crazy into jujitsu right now i'm always gonna power lift i will compete in powerlifting once powerlifting's back on mm -hmm. i will i'm always doing the events like car flipping and shit like that once we can even do an event you can't even have more yeah. than like like so who knows um but yeah, to answer your question, I will always, like, I want to compete in all those things. I want to push goals in all those things. Right? 
it'll never end, man. It'll never end. I knew a dude who I didn't know him personally, but there's a guy who has one arm. He was born um, just past his elbow. He has a little bit of arm there. He has one arm. He's a fucking professional MMA fighter. And he's like, good. Oh, shit. I saw this video. Nick Newell. Okay, Nick yeah, Newell, yeah, yeah. For anybody listening. Yeah. So he's got, so, and he, he can't hit with that arm, but he can like use it in different ways. The guy's won like 15 pro fights. Like he's, he's good. So That's when amazing. someone's like, dog, when people are like, you, at a certain age, you should stop at a certain, well, do you have two arms? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way I look at things. It's like, there will always be, how are you going to tell me this when I'm the guy who signed up for pulling a fucking plane before I knew it could pull a plane and I really put myself in the, a tough jam? Like, just whatever. There's always going to be people who are going to say, man, you can't do that. Really? Because I know a dude with one arm who's a professional fighter. If I got two arms, if I'm 85, I got two fucking arms, don't tell me nothing. I don't want to hear. Like, you know, there's always... Always yeah, something always, I can fight. Yeah, that's the that's the wicked thing about strength training, right? Once you start strength training, you ain't gonna stop. It's 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 baffling yeah, it what some people do to me. We're, okay, I, if you don't want to if you don't want to compete, it's one thing. I can't. <laughs> I it, I don't understand when someone like that stops lifting weights. Can you imagine stop lifting weights? No, I panicked like fuck when they said we're closing the gyms. Well, what are you and, doing uh, now? Do you have weights at home? Right, so we're, we're pretty lucky yeah we've got a little bit of home uh we've got a bar and we've got some plates and then we've got some squat stands um so yeah we, we, we've got like enough to deadlift and like sabrina's there's not quite enough for sabrina but there's enough for me and uh oh damn <laughs> <laughs> oh damn you're an honest motherfucker <laughs> i would have said <laughs> but, but actually you know what? I've seen Sabrina's lifting at home now that, I, now that I think about it. So, yeah, I knew you guys had some. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got some. So we're pretty lucky. But, yeah, when it – because we had this, like uh, – we had this announcement. It's like, cool, gym's closing. Like, oh, my God. My, my heart sank. And then shortly after it sank, cause I thought, well, that also means I now can't go to work. But the immediate thing was, what am I going to do with my body? Like, how am I going to sleep at night? I can't just run every day. So uh, – Hell no. Thankfully, no. Thankfully, yeah, yeah, we've 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 got something. Here's something. Here's something that I noticed. Um, when it comes to, like, we don't necessarily. We need as humans a little bit of adversity and sacrifice makes you feel good. Like, I, it, it, you don't necessarily even have to. Even if there's no competition, so I don't know what I'm weightlifting for. Mm -hmm. I feel better going in there squatting for like you know good like eights and it's tough. And it's not a PR. I'm not, I don't have a necessarily goal at the end, but afterwards I feel that CNS fatigue, my muscles mm -hmm. a little beat up and I'm like, I fucking got after it today. And yeah. it feels good to like sacrifice, to like I, give a little something. There's I had something one there. of these the other day. Uh, I, I had a session like that the other day where no, but there was a very small part of me that wanted to get started. Cause that's the thing with at home is, is getting started. Like for us right now, like getting started is the hardest bit. Anyway, so I started and I was going through some deadlifts and I was like two sets in. I was just like, my hands were just ripped and I was like, fuck, I really want to quit. Oh, that's the feeling I want. That's the feeling I'm after. There we go. <laughs> yes, man. I love <laughs> that you said that. You're like, oh, here we are. I found you now. Okay. Now I'm facing it. And now that I've told myself I want to quit, you have, this is the opportunity. So if you quit and you gave in, 
you're gonna be you're gonna feel it the rest of the day just a little bit in the back of the head but when when you feel that and it's there and you don't and you just you do it anyways that for the rest of your day you're like fuck yeah i got so it I, I was like if, the way i would describe it, it's like my soul returned to me it was like there he is and then yeah you're uplifted for the day so yeah. it's, nah, yeah, there's no I'm way more, you could quit that you want that as humans you think I found one the lottery, man, sleep till noon, feed up, not worried about shit. See how long that lasts you. Some people are in quarantine. They're not working. And um, if you don't have access to weights, it'll mess with you, man. If there's something about, there's some people like every now and then just take a 10 minute cold shower just because fuck it. Let's feel alive. Let's do a little sacrifice. <laughs> Let's do some discipline. People think they don't like discipline. Like, like discipline's tough. Discipline's bad. Discipline's a hard word. No, it's not, man. You want a little bit of discipline, a little bit of sacrifice, a little bit of skin in the game, a little bit of, I'm going to get up early today. I'm going to get at it. I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to get tired. I'm going to fucking grind. Why? Dude, what's the competition coming up? What's it? There is not, but I'm going to do it anyways. Right. That feels good to be like, nah, I don't, what? I don't need it. I, like, I want goals and all that. But if it's not there, the fact that you don't fall off. When everyone's like, man, you don't got to. That's why I'm going to do it anyway. And you feel good about that. You're like, that's me. When it when the competitions do start, right? Uh, I think there's going to be some, well, even crazier numbers arriving because you're going to have this huge period where there weren't any competitions and we didn't see some people put their stuff on uh, on social media. <laughs> They're going to arrive at competition. We're going to go. Fuck that person's added like twenty to that deadlift. Where's that come from? Now there's a new world record. Yeah, it'd be like, who the fuck is that guy? He came out of nowhere because before the lockdown. Um, he wasn't that big. She wasn't that big. So she hadn't hit her stride yet. And you would have seen her or him over the course of the summertime. And you would have had a heads up. You don't know to follow their social. They might even be posting on social media, but how do you even know to follow them if they haven't had that performance? Usually they have a big performance. Oh, now you on my radar. Now I'm following you. Like when the, the Europeans at the world championships in Sweden, I got blindsided by a bunch of Europeans started following them after the fact. And I'm like, Oh, now, now I got you. Yeah, France. Hello. Yeah, don't get me going, man. We turn this into a France <laughs> podcast, but uh, Tony Cliff will be all over me again. But uh, but yeah. So uh, but so over the course, I think you're right. Where there are some people who I've been making strides. I'm posting, but you have no reason to look my way. You don't even know. You would have over the summertime. I would have done some things, and some people would be looking my way. Now they're not. But if they open up. U.S. Raw Nationals rolls around or European shit, whatever, something rolls around and I show up, I'm going to fucking drop a bomb on you guys. You're going to be like, <laughs> you're not going to see me coming and that's fine by me. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, if that happens, man, for sure. That's yeah, one of the beauties of sport when someone comes out of nowhere. I th- and I think it will. Absolutely. Because like you say, there's going to be some, the interesting thing as well is there'll be some juniors who will just, not double, but nearly double in size between this like two month, two year period potentially. By the time it rolls back around, like oh dog, do you are you do you? Oh shit, do you think it's going to be? So let's talk about that then. Actually, okay, hang on one sec. Let me <laughs> let me take a two minute pee break and let's go. I want to ask you a question. Go for it. Okay, I'll be back in a. Back. Back. Yo. I'm back. I'm back. 
I, did, I just hit a PR rocking that piss, my man. <laughs> okay. I almost got to the point where I was like, enough's enough. I'm just going to, I'm just going to kill it right now and keep a little in me for the rest of this. This is taking too long. <laughs> I, was, I was rocking coffees this morning, but, uh, but yeah, I was going to ask you, so what do you think is going to happen with all this? I know you don't got like necessarily, none of us really got insider information because there, you can't, yeah, how, right. you can't, how do you well, think it plays out? I think it's a, the IPF want to have it as, as a big a spectacle as they can. And the problem is, is not necessarily where you host it, but it's what countries will allow people to actually fly. Mm. And that I think has got to be the, one of the big defining factors. Like obviously the safety is the priority, but um, I think once you've crossed that within a certain location, cause like, like Belarus, I don't know how Belarus's numbers are, but like when, the rest of the world is right. Okay, lockdown. They're like, no, nah, it's fine. Just go about your business. So, uh, like, if straight away people were like, well, I'm not going there, even if it is happening. So I think yeah, first of all, wherever it ends up being, like, they've got to get. That's a factor. Mm. It, it it um, and it might, what if it doesn't stay in Belarus? What do you think? Yeah, I don't even I, know if that matters though. Right? No, like it, it might not happen no matter who wants to host it. I think. Yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be who can get there. If you can get someone to host it, but like here in the UK, I, I actually don't know what's happening with flights. But, you know, say they put it in Sweden. Okay, cool, put it in Sweden again. But then, what if you what if Italy aren't allowing flights out of a particular area, and you lose a few lifters from that area, lose a few lifters from another country simply because flights aren't happening? Yeah, I. I mean, well, they've pushed the Olympics back a year, right? Yeah, well, put it, put it this way. In terms of travel, <clears throat> Canada-US is a, is a monstrous border. I think it's like top three in the world for borders. And because um, the land, it's like we're, you know, we're right connected. And somebody had a child being born in the US. Um, so they were going to cross to go into the US for the birth of their child. And could not get over because it was non-essential. Oh. Now, so that it, does, it doesn't matter what your story is. Why are you coming? My, my wife is American. And mm. I am coming over to see the birth of my child. I work in Canada, but I reside in, I'm coming over. And they're like, that's non-essential, bro. You're not coming over. Why? So just to give you a glimpse of, and this is Canada-US relations, man. We are... Like just in terms of trading partners, in terms of like, we are so intertwined. People live in one nation, work in the other. Like this is, we, it's, we're just right connected in every single way. For that to be the case right now gives you a little bit of, you know, a temperature of the room, so to speak, in terms of travel. So if the travel is that restricted, how the fudge, you know, mm. it's hard to picture yeah. Whatever it is now, that is now like that happened in, I don't know if April or if it was May, some point we're in June, what it's going to be like by the time September, or if they push it back different, you know, different scenarios could happen if they moved it uh, to be alongside the equipped worlds in Norway in November, mm -hmm. things change month to month. Cause what things look like in February look entirely different in May could look entirely different again in August. So I'm not saying you know, hmm. but all I am saying is currently it's very hard to wrap your head around. Uh, the other thing, right? Psychologically, people are going to be really, really scared to fly, to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So 
I think that's going to be that's going to be a real big challenge that would push it for me anyway. Like that would push it back even further. Like I, I go yeah. okay, November might be safe, but like people's mind won't be. I personally am not afraid at all of it, but mm-hmm. it's all good. I understand where people could be. Yeah, I personally am not too. You know, it doesn't well, cross my mind like that. When yeah, like, most of us shouldn't be because we're fit and strong, and I think even. Even like, um, I don't know, you get so much different information on numbers about how it, how it, like the actual death rate when they start blowing it up further and be like a, a huge percent of the population was walking around with it um, that were asymptomatic and had no idea, but they showed antibodies. So then the numbers start being like, do are our numbers what we thought our numbers were in terms of the amount right. of people who got it and the death rate. And they were like, it might not be. It might be completely skewed. We don't know. And then they were saying the medium age of the fatality rate was higher than the normal life expectancy age. So then it starts becoming, what does that mean? Does that mean (laughs) these people were likely to pass within that year? Did they pass of COVID? Did they have COVID and they passed? There's a lot of questions. We don't necessarily know. I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. we don't know. Like you look at the numbers and you're like, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. And the truth is experts themselves disagree and are like, we're not, this is going to be one of those situations five, 10 years from now, we'll be able to look back and like, this is what it was. But right now, if you feel like you don't know, if you should be afraid for yourself, afraid for your grandma, maybe you should be afraid for your grandma, but maybe it isn't as deadly to your grandma as mm-hmm. it was always was. We don't, we're not sure. The right? other thing, <laughs> it's weird. the other thing is uh, like, it's certainly if you're looking at organizing events somewhere, is the differences in between countries and their reporting numbers. What are they tracking? How are they retracking? Uh, how right. are they tracking oh, it as deaths? And like, yeah. there's so many variables that, like, you cannot try to because if if you're, you know, if Canada was like, or if Belarus, they're going to go instead of doing it in Belarus, we're going to look at doing it in Canada. Like, what are you basing your numbers off of? And they're usually the numbers of whatever country you're from, but you can't compare the countries because they record stuff in different ways. They report it in different ways. And no, like, you got, you, you'll have some nations who um, people are dying of COVID and they will say, we don't think we have a COVID problem. So they died of something else. And then you'll have other nations who you have something else. You have also have COVID. You are going to, you were terminal and going to die of something of the other thing, but you had COVID, you died of COVID. So then it goes both ways, both sides. Are, are happening all around the world. So um, numbers all around the world can greatly can conflict and you're, you don't know which one's which. So then right. I have, I've talked to some people who, it's weird how some people are in certain camps now. Of It becomes a left and a right thing. It's like political now, <laughs> which is weird to me, where it's like uh, some people lean to, if you could look at certain numbers and you bring up these numbers and it's, like, well, did you realize, you know, these guys aren't, they, they're not counting certain COVID cases, whatever. But then it's also like the other side is being like, did you realize that some people have COVID, they die of something else. But if you had COVID, you died of COVID. Now. That's what that, was that's, So it becomes yeah. back and forth. And it's like, people are entrenched in camps. And I'm in the middle, like, I don't know <laughs> what to believe. I don't know whose numbers are real. I have no 
I have no political ties. I don't understand why you would, but I just don't understand. I don't oh, know. We just don't, we just don't know where we're going to be in a month. Yeah, well, exactly. It depends whose numbers you want to believe that we should be. Some people like we should we should be out and about and doing our thing because yeah. nothing else will happen. And other people like that would be catastrophic if we did so, that. <laughs> so, we're in, so we're in Wales and England and Wales, well, England, Wales and Scotland have all been having different lockdown laws in the last few weeks. Yeah. Which makes no sense because there are parts of Wales that cross into England. So you could... And there, there was like a few news reports of this where uh, neighbours are saying, well, in England, uh, you were allowed to go to someone else's house and sit in their garden. In Wales, you were not allowed. And a woman's like, why is my neighbour, who's by there, allowed? Like, yeah. it, that should have been the same across the board. Yeah. That is, that is bonkers. Uh, but I'm in the camp yeah. where, like, they need to chill out a bit now. I don't, yeah. And you just, like, it's not <laughs> even... I don't... Um, get emotionally attached and attack anybody either on either side because initially i was very pro lock this shit down you guys are being selfish if you believe certain things for the greater good let's all suffer blah 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 but now that more information comes out etc i'm not on the other side i'm just more i will not attack either side because i am now willing to humble myself and say i don't know anymore Whereas previously I was a little, sometimes we all get, sometimes we all find ourselves in a situation where you get a little self-righteous and you're like, Oh, for sure. You, you know what I mean? You, you feel like this is do the righteous thing right now. And then other times it's humbling to get a, a beyond yourself and be like, look it, just admit, you don't know. You're not sure. You've seen some, you've seen one expert pull these numbers, another expert pull those numbers. It's okay just to put up your hands and be like, I'm not going to judge either side. I swear to God, I don't know. People a lot smarter than me can't figure this out. And they're experts in these fields and they don't agree. I'm not coming at anybody either which way. And I'm not going to get too <laughs> preachy. You know what I mean? I'm just going to settle down now. <laughs> you tell me. I'm going to follow whatever. One thing that is slightly concerning is um, historically speaking, when a government takes away certain rights, usually you don't get them all back on the other side. Um, mm -hmm. historically speaking, when you lose a hundred, you get 85 back, <laughs> you know, that type of deal, right? <laughs> Where it's like, so, and the longer something becomes normal, and this is the new normal, the more they know you've accepted it. This is now your day to day. Now we don't have to give it all back because it's become the new normal. Be careful how you word things. When you say new normal, oh, that's normal to you now. Okay, good. Like 9 11. Is that's how we're going to keep it? Normal. Right. Well, if not totally like that, just like you're willing to make concessions to come out of lockdown now. Mm -hmm. And like, um, you hope not, but like when 9 11 happened, they did uh, certain things for security reasons that they can go into, you know, your personal information. And it was because 9 11 happened, the attacks in New York and whatever. And um, certain laws just never went away after that. When they yeah. put them in place for that, but then afterwards, 20 years later, well, they're still here. And it's still a now it's a problem and an issue and and people are like, wait a minute, you're surveilling you're surveilling your people and hold on a second. Yeah, so, that's what I was just about to say. Like the surveillance thing is now still a very hotly debated topic. Well, there's, you know, exactly that. When you start giving up certain rights, you usually don't always get them all back. So you, yeah. the risk is it's okay to ask questions. I'm not saying let's all get conspiratorial here, but 
it's okay to ask questions. You should always ask questions. Be like, hey, man, what's the plan here? Are we going back to normal? <laughs> this isn't the new normal. I don't want new normal. Let's, let's go back to the previous normal. Let's go back possible. to something closer to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Ryan, man, um, it has been so good talking to you. Dog, we uh, totally threw out your aficionado pet peeves. We just, we just, I, I was like, you started it off with, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. And then, and then out the gates, we're like, <laughs> that was, it just is what it is. This, yeah, but this, this is what I love about this um, medium is that when you, as a, as a content creator, and as you know, right, sometimes I find like recording videos and writing posts can be a little bit like forced and kind of awkward. But then when you, when I started doing these, I was like, oh man, these, these conversations and just letting this flow and letting this go, like it's a, and I'm able now to like get completely different points of view across because you feel much more in the flow. So. It's a beautiful uh, thing, isn't it? I, I, I'm okay when, with it. When I sit down and I have a conversation, like, like if I had somebody who's in the middle of a showdown and, and, and heading into an event, I have specific questions regarding for sure, I, whatever, or a brand new spanking new person and I want people to listen to their background and I don't think they know their background. They might have a really good story. I'll ask questions specifically. But when that thing starts flowing, when we start flowing, sometimes just like let, let it, don't get in your own way to be like, well, um, I always ask certain things or I, had, I came this in here with an agenda. agenda. <laughs> Bam, right there. Hey, whoa, did we just become best friends? Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so don't, I learned as time went on, don't get in your own way and try to control everything. And if it's flowing, flow and see where this goes. And you might go into places afterwards where people are like, that was fucking dope. Uh, you guys covered a lot. Or if it's, Sometimes you're like, nah, the agenda's on. We're on this agenda. It's flowing exactly into it. And these questions that I had lined up, I wanted, we're banging these out and that's the way it's going. You just go with it. But yeah, just not fighting against the you momentum. Know, you know, I always like to have like a couple of questions in my mind in case. And I was like, oh yeah, we've covered that. Like I haven't got, haven't gotten to them. Like, <laughs> like you see with the natural flow, you've just flowed into them. And I'm like, fuck it, there we go. <laughs> oh, did we it's cover amazing. some? Yeah, we no, cover? dude, like 100%. I was going to go, like, oh, how did you, you know, I was thinking, why did, how the fuck did you train for that squat thing? And we kind of, it kind of flowed into that squat thing, uh, yeah. how you trained for it anyway. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's so good. Yeah, have you noticed doing this podcast that, um, before I was doing the podcast, I was always like a social dude. But mm-hmm. when you sit down with somebody, me and you have never talked before, And, and we've never like, we didn't know each other. We didn't, whatever. Now, after doing this every week over and over sitting down with people you don't know and just like shooting the shit for like two hours straight and just, um, I could like, I know I could sit down with somebody. I don't need to know you. I don't need to whatever. If I want to, if I'm open to it, we could just sit down and talk It just do our thing. It just, it's, you pick up a skill that. Yeah, a few people say like, you know, do you know the people coming on the podcast? Uh, no, you've spoken before. No. Huh. How's that work out? And I'm like, before I did it, I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. Find out. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, when I first started um, doing the podcast a few years ago, I had like written questions. I was ready. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and if if like because you don't know if the other person's gonna be talkative not talkative shy not shy whatever it's just like powerlifters run the scope of the spectrum for sure um have you have you run into how many episodes have you done this will be nine okay and i've got tomorrow so yeah i've got tomorrow monday and wednesday all lined up because the cool thing was i was like i'll just message a few people that i'm like pretty excited to chat to and then like a couple of days went by and i was like ah, oh, no no one's replied i'll, I'll cross that bridge tomorrow the fucking all four was like bam how's this time bam how's this time it was like sick okay so now i've got like four almost on the bounce which is going to be a lot of fun bam, 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 bam. yeah um it is have you, have you been in a situation yet where someone wasn't was more like not necessarily stripped yes no answers but the answers are little short they're not being standoffish they're just that's how they are so i haven't well i think uh that's why i kind of want to have things ready just in case right. uh however when i've gone and i've gone to people like what what's on your mind would you get off your mind everybody wants to get that off their chest like everybody's like i've got a thing that mugs me off and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to tell beef. you about it. They're like, I'm willing. Yeah. They're like, I'm willing to tell you about it. And so like, it ends up being like, no, not at all. I, I'll, I'll start with like, Hey, uh, what's on your mind? And then I'm like, cool. It's like, Dog, this is this time. The irony is I, I pretty much shrugged that off and we just, <laughs> we, we, you, you were like, what's your pet peeve, Ryan? And I'm like, let me tell you about a story. And we just, <laughs> I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but uh, but it is good. It's true that even an introvert has something like get off your chest, and then you you have to. It's a skill to actively listen to what they said, and you have to snowball off that to keep it going. And you might, you will. You're gonna mm-hmm. keep doing this, and you have people who aren't necessarily big talkers flowing from combo to combo, and will they won't. You'll say something. They aren't going to necessarily listen to what you're saying to build off of what you're saying. It might just be um, you're done saying what you're saying and then that. (laughs) (laughs) So then you're like, so then you're like, um, oh, I have to ask you another question because that's dead once. Like I asked you something, you replied, I snowballed off it. And that, that, that's why today was so good. And then I ask you something else. You reply, I will snowball off it to expand. You're not going to expand off what I expand. I'm going to expand off what you expand. You're not going to do it back. And that's just normal. For, and that's, you're not being standoffish. You're not, that's fine. That is fine. But it'll be that. So then you will know in that time, that's coming, my friend. You will know that like this interview, and I don't really necessarily like interviews. I like, like the Joe Rogan style, just talking. I have to keep coming up with questions and keep working with some I got to keep this going. And that's when you really start haunting your skills and be yeah. like, it doesn't matter who I sit with. All, you don't got stories. I got stories. That's fine. I will listen to what you're saying and I will find a story that's roughly the same and fucking, I will snowball off of you. I will, you gave me a two minute answer. I'll expand this because we're not going to hit two hours unless, <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless I start, you know, you, you're going to end up with that. And when you do it enough times, you'll gain confidence to be like, it doesn't matter who I sit down with. I will milk 90 minutes out of you. <laughs> and it, it, it could be a good podcast regardless. But you'll have a couple where you're like, Ooh, all right, I was working. We're working yeah. here. 
thankfully I haven't hit them yet, but who knows? I've got another couple of days ready for that. So <laughs> it's character we'll building. It's char- your social skills. And after a while you start getting confident. It's weird, man. You'll start being in your day to day life. It'll be like, ah, whatever, whatever it is. I could, you've talked to enough person. I mean, cause of podcasts, you can talk to people all over the world from different yeah. backgrounds, different, everything. They have nothing in common as you. They're going to sit down and talk to you. And if you could milk out 90 minutes straight, straight, you can't have dead air. You're, you're like, I'm all right. We're good now. I got a skill. That's not easy. You should be, it's good what you do with it. It's a good, um, oh, man, you I, know, they I appreciate that. It's, it's, uh, you know, previous generations like this generation, they don't have communications. They don't know how to talk. They don't. Oh, really? Because your generation, you couldn't talk behind somebody in your immediate life. My generation, we talk to people on the other side of the fucking world with, <laughs> with no background at all together, and we can make it happen. So we're not as antisocial as people are saying. Yeah, man, what I love about this, like, it's just putting yourself out there, see what happens. And you just, you, you, yeah, you, you end up blossoming over these, like, two-hour rants, conversations, rather. <laughs> yeah well it can be a rant man you get me on here i'm gonna go i'll let loose i'm so different as a guest as i am a, when i'm the one trying to get it when out of people yeah i'm 100 i feel it too i'm like this is totally different well th- this is this is what i thought was going to be so cool about having you on because i'm like I, I don't think i've seen you be the in guest i've guessed the yeah I've done it, but it's like obviously nowhere near as as many as when I'm I'm hosting. Many, yeah. yeah. So when I'm hosting, I'm just firing off and expanding off the other person. This was a little bit different. Where this I wasn't is... firing questions and, and pulling pulling it out of you how you feel about things. I was here and there, but No, now now is now is when you can be fully you and people people will now know who you are as well. They're like, I don't like that guy. I think you should <laughs> still keep asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've we've just lost you like twenty thousand followers. No, I, we just lost, I just cost myself some followers here, sir. But uh, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. I, you're gonna like it, man. It's it doesn't matter if you make a dime off of this. You're gonna you're gonna be wealthy. You're gonna gain so much wealth from this. In terms of like you yourself expanding, you can't not. You can't. Before this, I remember hearing this one. Uh, famous dude who was like a producer who wrote movies etc and he would find interesting people sit down for 90 minutes and just do exactly this is before podcasts were around and do this and joe rogan's like holy shit did you record them he's like oh, well this is before podcasting it's not what i was doing it for but when i would write movies and stories i would get so much off these conversations that yeah i mean you can't do that for five years straight and not have expanded your mind and be like you know what i didn't think about it that way yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, now you do. You do. You're gonna grow. <laughs> you're gonna grow. You're gonna grow, my friend. Oh, Brian, this has been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure too, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. I, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna keep this in because I can't find the stop button. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are a po- here. Here it is. Here it is. You are a podcasting aficionado, my friend. Oh, he's got it in. You aficionado, well a Zoom aficionado. There it is. I got one. I got one out of two hours. Couldn't let it go. But uh, yeah, and listen, if the world rolls around, eventually it's going to, whenever, wherever you see me, come and say what's up. I'm, we'll, I'm going to we'll, come and do some shots of you. 
all right, we will do shots. Everybody <laughs> says, nobody just says what's up. Everyone wants to drink with me. I, you I put the I video up, out there. I end up, it's true. I end up drinking every goddamn night because everyone wants to drink <laughs> with me. But okay, let's do shots. We'll do that. Oh, man. Pleasure. Okay, buddy. Till next time. Have a good one. Stay safe. Tell Sabrina I said what's up.